You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This isn't accidental. I know who's behind this. Captain Doza. I think he's one of them, sitting up there in his high tower. They have power up there. We don't. What are you talking about? Isn't it obvious? You see the ships coming to visit him at night? Doza is part of the First Order. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors and fantastic creatures legends so great you won't believe them but it's true all of it so what are you waiting for strap in and get ready to make the jump with rebel cells the star wars animation podcast Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, The High Tower. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster, Cranky. Hey, so faithful. Back again. Hey, yes. This is the, uh, I don't know, fourth, third uh, episode. Fourth, yeah, fourth. Fourth, there we go, fourth, yeah, and... Um, I don't know. It's getting uh, there's some there's some stuff in here that that'll be uh, interesting to talk about. But it's it's know, <laughs> it's getting there. It's, it's just getting, getting there incredibly slowly. Really? So I, and you said that on uh, I think it was on Facebook. We have a yeah. on the Facebook page. There was a, I think Campbell put out a um, like a little poll or something about yeah. uh, what's going on. And that, I, I remember that was one of your things. It's like, yeah, it's. It's slow, and I think everybody can agree to that um, and pick out some good things here and there. But, uh, but you know, we'll get to that in this episode. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that in a second. We have some yeah. really cool news, though. Uh, great news, um, especially if uh, you're looking for some some fun Star Wars animation and Resistance isn't quite tickling that uh, that that need at the moment. I stealth launch much but uh lego star wars all-stars was revealed on friday and uh and and it's already started <laughs> it's, isn't that crazy <laughs> it started this morning yes yeah. so it was um, what two notice yeah so here's here's the rundown here's what this is so lego star wars all-stars is a series of new animated shorts and full-length episodes uh, debuting uh, as we record this today, Monday, October 29th on Disney XD, YouTube and Disney now uh, in the United States and 
not anywhere if you're not in the United States. So unfortunately, if you're not in the U.S., you're going to have to figure it out. But uh, I'm sure it'll be on Disney XD eventually, but it's not. It I haven't seen anything official yet. That isn't to say I haven't seen the first short, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, I'm just going to read the press release. Lego Star Wars All-Stars, a new animated adventure series that spans all Star Wars eras, will begin. Will debut beginning Monday, October 29th on Disney XD, YouTube, and Disney Now. Comprised of eight shorts and four half-hour episodes, the series features Lego versions of the fresh faces of the Star Wars galaxy alongside iconic heroes including Kylo Ren, R2-D2, young Han and Chewie, young Lando, BB-8, and General Leia. Uh, the first of five shorts will roll out daily the week of Monday, October 29th to Friday, November 2nd, culminating in a compilation special highlighting three additional shorts on Saturday, November 10th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard, Eastern Pacific Standard Time uh, on Disney XD and Disney Now. Following the debut of the shorts, four half-hour episodes will premiere Saturdays beginning November 17th to December 8th on Disney XD and Disney Now. A Lego Star Wars All-Stars is a production of, what is this, WIL Film, the Lego group in Lucasfilm. Here's the important part here. I wouldn't normally read this, but this is, the, this is the important part you guys need to know. Developed for television by Bill Motts and Bob Roth, you might remember mm-hmm. their names, from mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. Uh, they will join Jill Wilfert and Eric Wilstrup as executive producers. Uh, and they were executive producers on Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures as well. So I uh, here's some notable stuff. A this is this is the show that that um, that uh, Bob and Bill were alluding to a few months back during the summer uh, when uh, when we had uh, I finally confirmed the news that Freemaker Adventures was done. Um, and I, uh, I, and they had dropped the the hint, or not even so much the hint as just the the heads up that they were working on something else, like that there would be more Lego Star Wars in the future. So now we know what that is. It's Lego Star Wars All Stars, um, and it's a it's an anthology series. It's just kind of covering all sorts of stuff in Star Wars. The first uh, the first short aired this morning. Um, so those of you in the U.S. have uh, definitely watched it, I hope. Um, it's short. It's very, very short. Um, there's not a lot there to talk about. But um, but uh, if you're not in the United States, you're going to have to find other means of watching it. Thankfully, there are uh, some nice people out there on the Internet who ripped it off of the Disney XD YouTube and put it up so that everybody else could see it, which I appreciate. So I managed to watch it. The first short is about Roger. And that's really like the biggest thing here is that this is going to connect um classic star wars characters sequel star wars characters i uh, uh, even young han chewie and lando with some of the other lego star wars characters out there um and uh this implies that at some point in time roger was on board the millennium falcon hanging out <laughs> with han and chewie and that to me is so fantastic because it kind of um kind of legitimizes i mean i guess not because those characters were in 
uh, the Freemaker Adventures. But it just, I think the cool thing about this is right on the poster, you've got, um, uh, above the logo, you've got sort of the well-known characters, Han, Chewie, Lando, Kylo Ren, Phasma, Rey. But then below the logo, you've got Grabala, Roger, four new characters that we've never seen before, or have we? I don't know. We're going to find out. And uh, MBB-8 is there with them. So I, Roger and Grabala, two of the highlights of the Freemaker Adventures, aren't done yet. And I think that that's the most important part, is that although the story of the Freemakers is over, there's still more stuff to talk about with these characters. In particular, this first episode, uh, the first short, um, covering Roger's history um it, i mean obviously it's not comprehensive it only covers sort of the clone wars era but i uh, but i just love the idea that roger was in fact present at all of the major battles of the clone wars um somehow <laughs> he managed to be there um and is still intact and is still hanging out in the wider galaxy so um you know, matt yeah. what what do you think i talked a lot there i just i just spit out a bunch of information and yeah. opinions what do you think what how are you feeling about this well i i didn't know like like you said this thing kind of just dropped and they said oh by the way it's coming friday i'm like what the heck is going on and then i when you said when it said who was involved in it i go oh that's right those guys did kind of mm-hmm. you know was it bill Motts? um yeah kind of hint at uh they're done with Freemakers, but, you know, there's still something out there. And this is – I think it's great because they did fantastic stuff with uh, with the Lego stuff that we we actually covered on this channel. Mm-hmm. Um, great stuff, you know. I mean, funny and, and it just – all the characters. And this is right along the same yeah. vein it looks like with these two. I didn't realize it was going to be so short as, as well. Uh, it kind of starts off with um, – I think the tagline was like from uh, – was it trenches to wrenches or wrenches yeah. to trenches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, this is going to be like you said, um, the story of of Roger. But yeah, I see him in the Falcon. You got Han and Chewie in the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like all the 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 animation is great. Uh, the voice cast obviously is always good. They always do great by that. So these are uh, this is going to be interesting to see. How, is this how? I don't really know much about this. Mm-hmm. Is this how they? And on, on doing these, is these two minute short, almost like the old Clone Wars. Is this how they're going to do it, or is this like a tease right now? So yeah, it's it is a bit of a tease, right? So they're going to have the five shorts from Monday to Friday, and then on Saturday they're going to have a special episode that um, airs all of the shorts, all five shorts, as well as three more shorts that that don't air during the week. So you mm-hmm. get all of them then. And then starting the following Saturday and each subsequent Saturday after that, there are four um, half-hour episodes, four four proper half-hour episodes. So what that tells me is that they will have – what they've basically got with this first, let's call it a season of Star Wars All-Stars, Lego Star Wars All-Stars, is a a DVD, (laughs) right? And that's – I think what they're aiming for here, that's where these Lego Star Wars series have been really successful. Um, 
and it, like this is for this is for the the younger kids, right? That said, Freemaker Adventures was for the younger kids, but Freemaker Adventures was fantastic. We loved it. Um, like you said, we covered uh, the whole series. So um, yeah, I, I mean, like I'm I'm super excited to have uh, those creatives back working on more Star Wars stuff. I love the idea that now they're kind of let loose across the entire saga. Yeah. Um, they can bring characters in from any point in time. Um, and, uh, and just to have Grabala back and, and Roger and, and, uh, and I'm excited to learn about these new characters. Um, and it's just, it, I don't know. It's, uh, just full of possibility. And I think that that's the cool thing is, is, uh, we got a lot of like kind of negativity in the Star Wars fandom right now. I, I, it's it's starting to die down, but promotion for Episode Nine is going to start to ramp up soon, and it's going to get it's going to get heated, I'm sure. And um, it's nice to have something that's a little bit distracting, uh, especially because I mean, we're going to talk about Star Wars Resistance in a second. But um, it's just like it's. It's good, but it's not scratching the itch for me. It's just really not. It's not delivering on the Star Wars yet. Um, we talked about that last week. We talked about the episode descriptions of, of what's coming up um, later in the season with Poe and X-Wings and all that sort of thing. But um, these first four episodes, the the two-parter uh, and, then, and then the three subsequent episodes after that, it's just such a slow burn. And this is a nice taste of some fun Star Wars. Um, And a reminder for everybody that Star Wars is for all ages. And all of this stuff is like, like Lego Star Wars is for kids like three and up. (laughs) Right. And then resistance feels to me like it's in that eight to 13 range. And then obviously um, the Mandalorian is going to be kind of for that. 14 and up uh right. age range i think specifically aimed at uh at that that 18 to 35 sort of um demographic right i so like there's there's a there's some star wars for everybody and that's a good thing i i i haven't seen anybody say anything negative about all stars yet but because uh, because i don't know like I, I guess I guess we've got kind of a bit of an echo chamber with our listeners and and uh, and my friends in the Star Wars community that are just excited to have Star Wars stuff, right? So, yeah. I mean, like well, Jonah Marie you, is obviously super yeah. excited about this, just like we are, because she was a huge uh, uh, Freemaker Adventures fan, um, yeah. uh, having her own podcast, Star Scavengers. Uh, to to cover that show as well, and and it really felt for a little while there like it was just kind of the the four of us banging the drum, going like, "Hey, everybody, you should be watching this show." Um, and I don't know that anybody ever listened, which is kind of the uh, kind of a shame, right? It's uh, yeah. uh, it's kind of regarded as as a silly kids show, but um, but man, if it were up to me, whatever that sequel series is to Star Wars Rebels, when we get there. I, I, you can go on my Instagram and Twitter and scroll back and find my, uh, concept for what Ezra and Thrawn are doing in that time period. That's right. (laughs) But the flip side of that is from the moment after Ahsoka comes to get Sabine, 
um, to go off and find Ezra, we're going to need a couple more characters along for the ride. And one of those characters that I want in there is, is Rowan Freemaker. Um, Cause I would love for that character to be legitimized and brought into the proper canon. Um, and, uh, and to, to, for them to, to visualize what a force builder is in that context um, um, and, and play with that concept and, and all that sort of thing. Um, so for me, it's like, I love this stuff. Like I love the Lego star Wars stuff that these guys have done as well as the, the older, like the Yoda Chronicles stuff. I haven't seen all of it cause it was kind of aired in, in weird ways, but, um, but what I have seen, I like, and I, I, it's, it's just always fun. So I'm down for, for fun. I'm down for stuff that I can watch with Kara without, I mean, I mean, I don't have to worry about resistance either, but I don't know if the Mandalorian's going to be that right. I think the Mandalorian's probably going to be skewing a bit more mature. Oh, so sure, yeah. it yeah. might not be super appropriate to watch with, with a, with a two year old. Right. Um, but this is right up her alley and I can't wait for it to all air uh on tv so that i can record it and we can watch it together but uh, yeah. did, did you catch the first short you ca- you caught it right yeah i yeah. did yeah and what i watched the trailer as soon as i saw that it was coming <clears throat> this new show was coming out i saw yeah. the trailer and it trailer was great as far as i mean all of the characters they were showing you um that were going to be appearing in this thing I'm like oh great this is this is going to be fantastic and as far as as far as the freemakers um those guys that were doing that, they, like I said, you said it was made for kids, but they were really smart. Uh, like it was almost like a Pixar thing. And we might even talk about this where they're able to throw in stuff for the parents that might be watching this with their kids, uh, to make it enjoyable for everybody, you know? So, and I hope they can do that. And it sounds like they might with this new, I mean, it's the same people. Why not, uh, with the all stars, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do that and kind of, just throw in those funny jokes that the parents are going to get. Maybe the kids are, thought it was, you know, weird, but they didn't yeah. order it. They don't understand or whatever, but we do. They did that with that Freemaker show. And, uh, and, and they'll probably do that again with this Lego. So yeah, it's, it, it'll be pretty yeah. cool. Um, they were kind of working it like, um, I guess, uh, what's the, uh, the YouTube shorts that they were doing for two minutes. The, the blips, the star Wars blips, blips and, yeah. and the other with the, with, um, with all the female characters. Oh, Forces of Destiny. Forces of Destiny, yeah. yeah. The two-minute. But you, like you said, they're going to be doing a whole. They add up all these yeah. two-minute shorts. It's going to equal out a, a show here. Yeah. Um, you said Saturday? Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be this Saturday. I, I, uh, oh, wait. No, not this Saturday. November 10th. So, oh, okay. so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Um, yeah. And then, and then the series proper will air from November 17th to December 8th, um, with four half hour episodes and that four half hour episodes that equals one movie story. So yeah, I expect that's what we're going to get. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff, man. Those guys, yeah. like I said, those are it's a good, uh, good duo that are working on that thing. So happy for them and, and their success. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, a lot of nothing's really else is going on. I mean, no, you know, we keep getting uh, Boba Fett's dead. Oh, it's coming back. Again. Well, it's not necessarily yeah, gone. Yeah, it's yeah, dead. Yeah. Hey, uh, heads up, Star Wars fans. Um, who cares? 
<laughs> Who cares? See, here's the thing. I, I would, depending on how yeah. they do it, I mean, obviously I don't want to see a Boba Fett before the Sarlacc pit uh, yeah. in Return of the Jedi because we already know what happens. So obviously I would I would want something after the Sarlacc yeah. pit. I mean, we're assuming he got out uh, or showing how he got out and what happens after that. I don't yeah. know. I'm just saying like it's – I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where, yeah. um, you know, I get I yeah, slow down and I, who knows what's going on. I gave you know? guys my pitch for for the Boba Fett movie, and this is the only way that I'll accept it. Um, the only reason to do a Boba Fett movie at this juncture is to go back and to to have Boba Fett fight Darth Maul. That's the only reason to do it. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, but but logistically, I don't know how you do that. I like I guess the same as Harrison Ford, you recast uh, uh, Boba Fett because I I just I I I don't want this to sound too negative, but I just don't think that Daniel Logan could carry a movie. Um, no, yeah, there's that's not going to happen. Yeah, and, yeah, you, you know, you you get you're gonna you're gonna need somebody with a, a little bit more more punch than that. Um, mm-hmm in order to open a movie. I mean, like they had a hard enough time with Han Solo, uh, uh headlining with Alden Ehrenreich and Alden Ehrenreich had been in a couple of things already, like some, like a couple of pretty big movies, like uh, right. a, a Coen brothers movie. I mean, like that's not, that's not a small thing. So, um, and, and Donald Glover was in that at the, I mean, arguably the peak of popularity right now. Um, <clears throat> and Woody Harrelson and, and, um, and uh, Amelia Clark and and Paul Bettany. I mean, like like the that movie was a star studded cast. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I feel like you got to kind of <clears throat> you got to kind of fix that. But but I don't think that they're gonna do that because I don't think that they're gonna continue with that era. Um, I think that Solo is unfortunately gonna be a one off. Um, and we're and they're gonna refocus on other stuff, which which is fine. I mean, like I I want a sequel to Solo. I would love a sequel to Solo, but um, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I don't know. Maybe Blu-ray sales might be might be defying those uh, initial expectations, but um, and I we'll probably know in a few gonna, months. But it sounds like right now the only thing we can that I can think of is it's going to be episode nine next mm-hmm. December. And then probably either the D and D series, Dave ben- yeah. Benioff, I series or the Ryan Johnson series. And that'll be the next thing I'm, I'm thinking. Um, Cause we, I mean, we have heard nothing about anything else and they talked about slowing yeah. down. So, I mean, what else could you think, but episode nine and then in 20, I don't know. 2020 is going to be pushing it if they haven't even announced anything yet. Yeah. Uh, maybe 2021 we'll, we'll get something as far as maybe the D and D series will come out. Well, we'll you know, if they are, if, if, if they're ready to shoot next spring or mm-hmm. sort of like spring, summer, early summer, um, mm-hmm. I could see them announcing Ryan Johnson's project at celebration because that's what that's april um we're obviously going to get a trailer for like a full trailer for for episode nine at celebration but i could see them announcing ryan johnson's first film um there and uh and then filming it 
next year for a 20 for like a late like a december 2020 release that's that makes sense um they they were filming yeah episode nine this they're filming episode nine right now they're not done right and it comes out in a year so um yeah so so like that timeline makes sense to me but they do have to announce it if we don't get an announcement by star wars celebration i don't think that's gonna happen um because they'll announce it before they start shooting but but that said i i um the Ryan Johnson project is way more likely than the than the the Benioff and Weiss project because they still have to finish off Game of Thrones, right? So and yeah. that's well, next summer. Look so. at Ryan Johnson though; he's right. He's going to be starting a new project. Um, if he has, I mean, I'm sure he's already started it, but yeah, I don't know. if they filmed yet. I can't remember the name. It's something about knives or something like that. But he's right in the middle of something else too. So this will be interesting. I think that. Look, you got five days coming for um, for Star Wars Celebration. I can't imagine that one of those days is not going to be for uh, the new what's coming next as far as a, yeah. a movie. Like you, I, you'd think that you don't have to have. A, obviously, you're not going to have any kind of um, uh, video footage or anything like that. But maybe something like they did to us in at, at uh, Anaheim when they yeah, kind of took one. stuff for Rogue One yeah. or just have a panel like hey here's D&D or here's Ryan Johnson talking about what's coming what what they plan on doing yeah. or or what it's about or anything like that you'd think they'd have a day for that that would be a that'd be yeah. crazy good and you got people excited for the future after episode 9 you know you'll have your episode 9 day you'll have your uh, Mandalorian day uh, and then you'll have your probably resistance slash re- uh, rebels uh, or uh, Clone Wars, um, maybe animation day. So yeah, oh, man, we got Clone Wars coming back. Yeah, I Clone keep Wars. forgetting that we've got another season of Clone Wars coming. Yes, uh, yeah, hopefully the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this 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 celebration is going to be. I think it's going to be. Uh, it has a potential to be pretty big as far as announcements and. Yeah, and stuff we're gonna get. So yeah, we'll see what happens. This might, that, yeah. this might be the best Star Wars celebration yet, and yeah. I'm kind of bummed that I'm I, I'm not currently planning to be there. I don't know if things will change, but yeah. um, I don't currently have any plans to be there. I would love to be though. It it kills me to think that I'm not gonna be. But <laughs> well, it was like L.A. right? I mean, that was. I knew that that you know you got a new film coming out. I knew yeah. that that was going to be a special one to go to. It, it certainly was, and um, I think this one's going to be the same type of thing because you got new things that we're going to yeah. have our first looks at most likely with the Mandalorian, uh, and well maybe not Episode Nine, but you know maybe some other stuff panels going on, um, stuff that we're going to get, uh, you know, possibly new movies like I said uh, yeah. at the. So man, like you said, could be one of those epic ones to be at, but we'll see what's going on. Uh, anything else going on? Are we just gonna? I uh, no, Let's let's do it. Let's jump into the episode. All right, let's do it. Calculate the jump, chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! 
So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. So, we got The High Tower today, Mike, written by Stephanie Folsom and directed by Justin Ridge, obviously, and, and Stuart Lee. Uh, quick note, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but Stephanie Folsom, um, apparently she's writing Toy Story 4. I didn't know if you saw oh, that. I didn't see that, no. Yeah, she's credited right now as as a writer for Toy Story 4, which is cool. pretty amazing. I mean, this is uh, good stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, this started off, I'll, I'll start off, Power suddenly cuts out. On the Colossus, following a bad collision with Bucket in the Dark, Kaz tests out new comlinks with Niku. They work except for unpleasant feedback when they're too close together. Do you want to uh, keep going? or? Uh, I'll just say really quickly, um, it's kind of weird to be going back to the feedback well <laughs> so soon. Because that was a major part of an episode Triple two dark. episodes ago. Yeah. Um, but here we are again with, with the feedback thing as a joke, but, um, it's going to be important later in the story as well. Um, but whatever, I, I'll continue at aunt Z's, the establishment's proprietor explains to Kaz that Doza tower still has power and not without reason. She thinks captain Doza is part of the first order. Later, Kaz introduces himself to hype Phazon, one of the aces of the Colossus. He says a fuel shipment is on the way, but he, he'll he not be helping to bring it in as it comes in courtesy of the First Order. So this is where we kind of get the meat of our episode. And this is yeah. our first actual hint at, at some character uh, for Hype Phazon beyond the, shall we say, hype. Uh, I, he's, got a, he's got like a moral center there in one of those... One yeah. part of that is that he won't, uh, he's not going to assist the first order. So yeah, I notice that. Thought that was interesting. I like that. I like that he's this very sort of obnoxious character um, <clears throat> with the the sort of uh, uh, braggadocious manner. He's kind of full of himself, mm-hmm. but uh, but clearly he has a, a moral compass because he's not gonna he's not gonna cheapen himself by by being part of anything to do with the first order. So, um, yeah. And we're going to see a little bit more from him in a little bit, which is cool. It's, I, uh, I quite like the character voiced by Donald Faison. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, who I love from shows like scrubs and from clueless. Uh, and he's, he's awesome. Um, and, uh, and I, and I love him in this. He's great. So yeah. it's kind of the me bright too. spot in this episode for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you mentioned we talked about in the first paragraph here power outage on the Colossus, and this thing has been going on for roughly, uh, or they're rationing power for the last hundred hours, according to Doza. And uh, so, like you said, Mike, Aunt Z, she thinks Captain Doza is responsible for these uh, power fluctuations, and because he is, she believes, working. With the first order, she even says, because he is one of them sitting up there in the high tower, he has power and we don't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is going to start to open up some stuff between Doza and we get our first uh, glimpses of him and what he is, at, what kind of is 
he's starting or what's going on with the first order. So mm-hmm. we can kind of get into that. But you mentioned a hype phase, and I had the same kind of uh, response to him. He was kind of like that, the, the typical, you know, he's he knows he's who he is. You know, he knows he's good. Uh, he knows he's a great pilot. And he's kind of flaunting it a little bit. Um, but, but like you said, he also has this thing, and we'll get to it in a minute about how he. It, there's a chance with him and the first order, or, or the first order is coming, and he doesn't want to be around. So we'll get to that in a second here. Uh, Kaz and BB-8 head outside to watch the shipment come in. Soon, a nondescript freighter arrives at the station. The aces intercept it and escort the ship into dock. But it's not just carrying fuel. Stormtroopers of the First Order, led by Major Von Rigg, disembark. So we get to see uh, stormtroopers here. They, they come off with Major Von Rigg off of this shipment thing. And and I I know I had, had written a um, some notes about, like what I was just talking about, about, about um, uh, Hype Phazon. Mm-hmm. They, they even ask him, like, hey, let's, you know, something about checking it out or, or and he has has nothing to do with it. So kind of interesting. I don't know if there's something with him and the First Order in the past, uh, whether it was setting anything up. I, I'm not sure yet. But um, like you said, Mike, there's definitely that. He, he kind of stays away from it. So um, do you, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, no, exactly that. It, there, It's kind of implying. This is so... I'm going to start in on my pet peeves with this show. Um, We've gotten so many of the same gags with Kaz. So Mm. many. uh, It's like, it's just, we just keep covering the same ground uh, with that character. And for me, it's kind of like enough already. It's time for him to start evolving as a character. Um, But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But the other thing that's driving me nuts is how often we are implying an interesting story instead of actually getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so between Faison talking about his like he won't work, he won't he won't help the first order. Um, so that's clearly something, right? And then mm-hmm. I I. Um, Tam also kind of like like going into a bit of detail, but not a lot of detail about her and hype. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like again, like like I don't. This comes down to the fact that like I don't want you to tell me about what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want dialogue to explain a relationship. I want you to show me the relationship. I don't like I want I want to actually see these characters in action. I don't want Tam just telling Kaz about an interesting story. You know what I mean? And and like I want like the full details. If I don't want I don't want just, you know, like sort of vague and then he changed and mm-hmm. and I never heard from him again. And it's like I want to know I like I want to know what happened. It's it's this trap that I think that Star Wars storytelling falls into because A New Hope was so heavy on the this is a lived in world like like, you know, uh, all of this other stuff is going on. All this, this other stuff has happened. But there was a purpose to it in, in A New Hope and in the Star Wars trilogy, like in the classic trilogy. I don't feel like there's a purpose to it here. I feel like it is just 
Star Wars writing. And it's it's kind of coming off to me a bit like an EU novel. And that, you know, that's that's not that's not the best place to be in. Um in my esteem because <laughs> we know how I feel about EU novels. Yeah. But um that said like like I do like these characters. I just I just want more from them. Like I just I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of everything focusing on Kaz all the time and without Kaz ever really doing anything. Cause mm-hmm. he has some cool moments in this episode, but they're overshadowed by more of him falling and, 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 you know, making mistakes and, and whatever. And I get that they've got their whole concept with him where he's like a, you know, a bird, when he's on the ground, he's hopping around and looks all awkward. But when he's in the air, I, I, he's, he's something impressive, but, um, heads up, he's been in the air once since the series started. Well, yeah. The very beginning right? in the fir- in the second half of the, of, of the recruit. Right. So, um, I get it. He's awkward on the ground. Put him in a flipping fighter already so that we can get to the cool stuff on this series. It just, to me, it just, I sit through these episodes and they just don't feel like Star Wars. Not yet. Like there are all of these pieces of Star Wars, but holistically it doesn't feel like Star Wars. We haven't in four, five-ish episodes we haven't gotten our we got the moment right in the series premiere of Star Wars Rebels the the shoot at the Jedi moment where we don't see the lightsaber throughout the whole 44 minutes right um or, or most of the 44 minutes we're like 40 minutes into the the Rebels premiere and that's when Kanan stands up amidst the blaster fire blaster bolts whizzing past his head reaches behind him pulls out pulls apart the lightsaber pieces clicks them together and ignites that lightsaber and that's when you're like bam star wars right like yeah. this this is 100 percent star wars um and there are moments before that that feel very star warsy as well but but that really is like the moment where you're like i'm all in on this one right uh, that moment has not happened yet in this series. And I say that not just from a subjective personal point of view. I think objectively they haven't, they haven't initiated that. It's like if um, in a new hope, instead of, instead of jumping to hyperspace, you spent an hour and a half of Han plotting the course to jump to hyperspace and it's like, mm-hmm. I know that at some point you're going to push that lever and the stars are going to bleed together and you're going to jump into hyperspace, but it hasn't happened yet. Why hasn't it happened yet? Please make it happen. I want it to happen now. Right? Like, um, I don't know. It's just like this this delayed pleasure sort of thing of like, and this episode gets real close. This episode has some cool stuff in it, but it just never it never gets humming and then, and then it ends like it's, and then it's just done. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it just feels 
like they're making something very different from star Wars, which might be fine. I mean, like, uh, like I might just be doing what everybody else did last year with the last Jedi, um, and, and asking for something that, um, that they don't want, that they're not planning to give me. But at the same time, I look, I'm not a big fan of rogue one. I, I have some issues with the storytelling and the filmmaking, that said, like it feels like Star Wars, so, yeah. and oh, this sure. this does even even Forces of Destiny, Forces of Destiny feels like Star Wars, right? Especially some of the better episodes. Um, I I the the one where Ahsoka is late, uh, to meet Yoda and Anakin, and she's like running through Coruscant and fights the malfunctioning robot and stuff. Like that feels like Star Wars. Um, uh, in in season two, the one with Luke is like it doesn't just feel like star wars it's it's like it's awesome star wars the one with him on endor i mean like it's just incredible star wars um packed into only a few minutes so like even freemaker adventures has those moments mm-hmm. right and they might be heightened because it's lego but it, they still have those moments and i just I don't know. I just haven't gotten it yet with this series. I'm, I am, I'm not, I haven't lost hope, <laughs> but no. I am still patiently waiting for, for, for the show to jump to hyperspace. And it just, it just hasn't done it yet. It's, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just taking way too long to establish all these characters. And, um, and it's just not, it's just not telling the story yet. It's giving it to us in these little, tiny bite-sized morsels and Mm -hmm. i and and i just like um but it gives us to it gives you a bite-sized morsel and says this is a meal right (laughs) 22 minutes of this hors d'oeuvre and it's like but i'm hungry (laughs) you know um i I think that's fair criticism um you know i've said i think a, a couple episodes ago or before that we even started that you you strip away uh bb8 and poe and a couple yeah. other characters and you show and you would have shown this to me without telling me i wouldn't have recognized what it was i wouldn't be able to say oh that's star wars just because everything is it's just it's so it's so different right now yeah. i mean you throw in some of the the characters that we know and then some of the species that we know and like oh okay it's star wars but i, I totally think that's fair yeah you're saying if you take uh-huh. away the familiar touch points that yeah. that they've given us yeah, it it starts to to if it doesn't look like Star Wars, it it doesn't feel like Star Wars. And mm-hmm. that's really the only thing that it's got going for it right now in that department. I'm going to I'm going to come right back and qualify everything that I just said and say the show is good. It's not a bad show. Mm-hmm. It's just taking way too long to get to the show that I think I want it to be. And, yeah. and I'm getting impatient. I'm trying my best to be patient and wait for it to unfold. Um, cause I do think it's going to get there. I think that they have a plan. I just, I don't know. I, I, it's not just resistance. I'm kind of sick of the whole, um, the whole, what a twist storytelling mentality. Um, mm-hmm. they do it on arrow and the flash as well. And, and, it's all like that's why I like Legends of Tomorrow a lot. That's why I like DuckTales a lot right now because I can just go into those shows and they're just going to give me a story. 
right? Mm-hmm. This episode is a story. It's self-contained. It's great, but it also actually builds towards a larger whole. Um, and not every episode does for, for those shows, but, but enough of them do that you always feel like you're going somewhere. But even if you don't go anywhere in an episode, it's fine because, you know, you're living with these characters and you're, and you're experiencing something. And, and I, I say that you go listen to Disney dad's cartoon afternoon. I don't love every episode of DuckTales, but I love more episodes of it than I don't like. Um, and with this series so far, I'm kind of like cool, but there's always like, it's like sort of, but dot, dot, dot with every episode. Cause I feel like if you got rid of, honestly, if you got rid of Kaz bumping into things and bumbling around and falling over stuff, you'd have a lot more time to tell the story, but Mm. it's almost, it's almost like, I get this because like I'm a graphic designer, I'm an illustrator, I'm an artist. You kind of sometimes you fall in love with your own work to the point where like you love something so much that you can't really see it for its faults. And and it takes somebody else sort of like snapping you out of it to to understand like, "Oh, oh, I was like just way too in love with that one thing." And to me it feels like they are way too in love with Kaz as a character, which is fine if Kaz were working better in the story, but Kaz's character rubs all of the characters that surround him the wrong way and slows down the story from getting off the ground. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's like those two things combined make you start to go like, get it together, Kaz. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, and, and I'm really like, I am really hoping that in upcoming episodes, when we get to see him, you know, get behind the, 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 the yoke of a starfighter that, that, that it all changes, right. That all of a sudden he's in a, in an X-wing or he's in, in the, the fireball and, um, and he saves the day and everybody stops and goes, wait a second, this kid's actually a hero, right? And, and it sort of starts to turn the tide a little bit. And I think that this episode, you know, Tam is starting to warm up to him. But I like it. Like I said, it, we need that Star Wars moment. We need that. We need that. Um, man, for for Ahsoka, it was in season. Was it not until season four? I mean, in season three, she shows up with her with her um new costume and she's a much stronger character from that point forward mm-hmm. i mean like uh, like clone wars was strong from the outset we we talked about this over the summer but i'm just trying to relate this to kaz and and to to the characters from rebels but um ahsoka has that moment in um the episode with uh with um oh my god i can't remember any names right now I, I, the, 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 the separatist Senator kid that she's friends with. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And, right? uh, yeah. the, it's the one with death watch, right? Oh yeah. 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 That's Where right. she's, they, they, they zap her with the, with the ropes and she's like, she's all tied up and you're like, Oh no, how's Ahsoka going to get out of this? And she just sort of coils 
and then spins out of it and and <laughs> beheads four beheads, yeah. <laughs> Mandalorians yeah. in one move, and you're yeah. like, oh snap, that's yeah. a that's Ahsoka Tano, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Like mm-hmm. now I get what you guys are doing with this. She's powerful and Anakin's teaching her some bad stuff. This yeah. is cool. Let's go down this path. Um and and we do. We kind of follow that and we follow the like sort of the the um as she gets older, she gets more abrasive and kind of like she starts to to learn some stuff from Anakin. And uh and then and then everything happens with her leaving the order and I think it changes her character for the better. Um, right towards the end of, of her time on the series, right? But but like we got that moment. It took a. I guess it did take a while. That's season four. She had cool moments before that. That's that's not okay. the only one. But but I just I'm just trying to think of like other moments for these characters where you go like, oh wait, no, this character is awesome. Mm. This this character is actually really cool. Um, mm. This is why we're gonna go back and we're gonna do season two of Clone Wars next summer right but uh so that we can revisit clone wars and talk about this stuff again but um yeah i'm just kind of i don't know i'm my hope is that we get to to we finish this season which right now imdb only has 10 episodes listed but my hope is that we get to the end of those 10 episodes and i look back on it and i go yeah okay that was worth it right that that's that's my hope that's what i'm kind of holding out for but Mm -hmm. um you know five episodes yep. in i'm kind of waiting yeah. for that it's to drop, you know <laughs> it's to be canadian about slow it burn. slow burn yeah um you know like we got introduced to some new characters in this particular episode um which i thought was kind of cool we're starting to get get the more character i mean you don't got a huge amount of of uh, exposition on, on on who they are yet but at least yeah. we're getting some new characters tam and hype uh we find out they were friends until Hype ditched her for the aces. Um, you know, they both dreamed of becoming pilots and living in Doza Tower, and, and Hype managed to do that, but he kind of left Tam behind. So there's kind of a friction between those two, and they kind of set that up. Um, and then we get the uh, pilots escorting the fuel tanker, which I think is the next. Uh, yeah. Or, no, go ahead, Mike. You're next. Go ahead. Tam? Uh, Tam and Niku, is that where we are? Yeah. Uh, Tam and Niku spot Kaz watching the shipment arrive and assume he's there to see the Aces fly. Kaz wonders aloud what the First Order is doing on the Colossus, and Niku takes this as a request to find out. Thankfully, the First Order troopers just ignore him. Kaz takes this opportunity to relieve Niku of his other comlink. So this is where we get a little bit of the comlink shenanigans again, reminding us that they exist and uh, that that's going to be important later in the episode. But I actually, you know, like this... This part of the episode I actually quite enjoyed because Kaz didn't get in the way of himself. Right. He was actually doing what he's supposed to do, you know, what he's there to do, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, and and yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I think I'm being hard on the series overall, but I think this episode actually, it's a little bit more of what I want. Um, um, and at the end of the day, it's a good episode, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to continue? Yeah. Well, as I say, like... Um... Also here, it's it's kind of around this time where Hype is escorting um, them through the tower. And I guess it's, well, it's, I'll keep going. Like, the first order head to the tower, leading Kaz to remark how it would be nice if Hype would have taken him there. Tam overhears this and tells Kaz that Hype will never do it. 
They started out together in the Colossus, but when Hype became an ace, he left her behind. So that's kind of what I talked about earlier about um, the the relationship between these two mm-hmm. and, and what's going on with them. Um, but uh, go ahead, Mike. We'll, we'll do these next two, and then yeah, uh, I yeah. got to yeah. Um, as she's talking, Hype comes up behind her. He I. Uh, he continues their conversation from Aunt Z's and invites Tam and Kaz up to the Aces Lounge. This is Kaz's chance to find out what the First Order is up to. The tower is luxurious. Kaz loves the food, but when the, the opportunity arrives, he sneaks away to find out more about Doza's connection to the First Order. He tracks them to Captain Doza's office, but has to figure out a way to listen in on their conversation without being detected. So this is where... Um... You know, like he's like I said, he's taking him around the lounge here, and you know it's got the best food, the best drinks. They say the best yeah. views. <laughs> it's you know it's obviously um, you know the best place to be on the Colossus, and you got to earn your way up there. But the First Order has been around a lot lately, uh, it, but it's you know it's part of Doza's uh, business stuff going on. So, and I think and I just wonder too, like the people on the Colossus, I'm assuming they know that Doza might be making these kind of weird dealings with the first order. They, they might know that, but they just don't care because I, I believe at this point they just don't, I think it's, it's shown that the first order, we kind of know that the first order is not necessarily a huge threat yet or a problem yet. Mm-hmm. As we know. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of where the people of the Colossus, you know, Aunt Z and then the rest of them in there are just kind of like, oh, it's just the first order, no big deal. They don't exactly know what they're, what's going on yet, how big of a deal the first order is going to be yet. So they're kind of, this is where the, this thing being set out approximately six months before The Force Awakens, uh, where this big drama's going to, big bomb is going to drop on them um, with the, you know, uh, Starkiller base being fully functional. But right now they're just another, I don't know if you call them another, um, pirate group or something like that, but they're yeah, and they're just they're pirates. they're yeah. just another faction out in the galaxy, and I think that the majority of people are looking at them. And some of this some of this context comes from the Poe Dameron comic books. Um, I think that the majority of the galaxy looks at them as sort of this Empire fan group almost. It's yeah. like um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go real uh, I, I, uh, sort of real world and and uh, and dark for a second, but it's actually very similar to what's going on right now in the United States where um, there've been these, these Nazi like neo-Nazi right, alt, right, whatever you want to call them groups for the last few decades. Um, And, and there've been people who are like obsessed with, with Nazi culture and paraphernalia and like recreate the, the uniforms and all sorts of stuff. And I think that most people up until the last two or three years have looked at them and gone, whatever, just, you know, these are just lone mm-hmm. weirdos, right? They're just looking for attention or like they just, they're, they're just, you know, outcasts that don't, don't fit in. Um, not realizing that like there were enough of them out there that they could organize, get together, and and take over a town, <laughs> essentially, right? Um, and 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 are actually like it's like that can actually be a scary thought. Now, obviously, we haven't gotten to the point in in our world where where that group is big enough to cause right. um, 
the kind of uh, 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 problem that the First Order causes in in Star Wars. But I think that where they're at in the story in Star Wars Resistance is the point where people are like, so what? Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a bunch of dudes that have an affinity for the Empire. And it's mm-hmm. like it's probably just a bunch of like former Imperial officers that all, you know, like like miss the days of of being a part of that organization. And so like they've all come together and they're creating this other thing, this first order. Who cares? Yeah. They're not a threat. They're not doing anything. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be one day when a first order star destroyer shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And starts, you know, launching an orbital bombardment that people are like, oh no, these guys are actually dangerous because like, think about how it looks to everybody on the Colossus. They arrived on a freighter. They didn't come in a star destroyer. They didn't come with tie fighters. Exactly. None of that happened. Right. So the galaxy is a big place. And these guys, like if you've never seen them do anything else, it's like Tam says earlier in the episode, and they have every right to be here, just like anybody else. Like they're like, it's the Colossus. Like it's a refueling platform. They're here. They're dropping off fuel. Like like they're they're not doing anything wrong by being here. Um, whereas Kaz obviously has a different perspective on it, and I think that Hype Phazon also has a different perspective on it. But but the majority of the galaxy looks at it, and it's just kind of like. Uh, what are you guys getting all worked up about? And that's that to me is the biggest failing of the sequel trilogy. And there are deleted scenes from the force awakens that go into that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like in episode nine, they really need to hammer that home that, that everybody ignored this threat and it grew under their noses and that Leia was right the whole time. But like there are, there are other stories that go into that. There are like comics and novels and stuff like that. The fact that everybody was kind of like laughing at, at Leia Organa and being like, like you're just a crazy old lady, like, like making up a threat so that you can go back to the days of being a hero. Right. Um, yeah. And, and that's sort of like, Oh, there's a lot of people in the galaxy dismissing, what Leia is saying because of who she is. And, and, and it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird, sad situation for her to be in. Um, and it kind of makes that, that moment in the last Jedi, when nobody shows up that much worse, like nobody is responding to their distress call. Cause the galaxy is just kind of like, I think it's split in two. It's the half that's like, we don't want to get involved. And then the other half that's like, the first order can blow up entire star systems. We don't want to fight them. If they yeah. come here, we're just going to acquiesce. And that's the same part of the galaxy that let the empire take over. Right. And we've seen that in star Wars. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's interesting. And I like, this is where the show is actually like fulfilling a purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And it is giving us a little bit more of that that view of the galaxy of people being like, well, the First Order is not that big of a deal. And it's not going to be that big of a deal until they find out that the First Order is the one launching the assaults on the Colossus yeah. and funding these pirates, right? But right. we'll see. Yeah, no, exactly. And and um, this is kind of like, for me, the, the meat of this episode is finding out uh, 
in this particular in uh, Doze's meeting room what's exactly going on with the First Order. Uh, Kaz places Niku's comlink on a server droid's tray just before it heads into Doze's office. He hears everything. Von Reg and the First Order are trying to coerce Doza into protection from pirates. Doza refuses to join them or to be or to be bought. When the droid exits the room, however, blurring comlink feedback alerts Von Reg to Kaz's presence. He sends his troops after the boy, and Kaz makes a run for it, escaping into Torridoza's quarters. She forces him to exit out her window and is shocked when the stormtroopers arrive at, the, at her door. Tora sends them off in another direction, though she still doesn't know the real reason they're after Kaz. So again, we get this meeting, uh, Doza, and it's funny how they both kind of throw out the New Republic um, as a um, kind of a threat almost. Like, you know, in the New Republic, if they find out, and then Doza's like, well, yeah, if I tell the New Republic about this, then so they're kind of using, it, you know, the New Republic as, as a little bartering chip or something, uh, like they're going to tell on each other. But, you know, we're finding out that uh, Captain Doza, I mm-hmm. believe the First Order is offering Captain Doza protection to the Colossus as long as he gives them that station when they ask for it, it sounds like. Um, is that kind of what you're getting out of this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like, this is a... Uh... It's kind of it's it's racketeering, right? <laughs> like that's yeah. the that's yeah. the goal here. The 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 catch on that is so with with traditional racketeering. Actually, I mean not necessarily, but but a lot of the time what you're doing is, you know, like as a mobster, as a gangster, you're walking in and you're you walk into a a, a little bodega or corner store or whatever and you go like uh, you got a nice place here. It would be a shame if something happened to it. it and uh, and then you knock something over or whatever. You break something. And then uh, you make yourself known as a threat, right? Mm-hmm. And then you say to, to the to the owner, like, you know, for a small fee, I, I'll make sure that nobody messes with your shop. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you're saying is like, oh, it's a protection fee. But what you're really saying is like, I'm protecting this from, from me. I'm the one who's going to wreck your shop if you don't pay me. Right. Um, and then the other part of it is that, like, well, we'll keep rival gangs out of here and that sort of thing. So what the First Order is doing is creating a threat so that they can come in and look like the heroes, mm-hmm. but for a fee. So they're kind of getting they're kind of getting it like they're kind of winning on both both angles where mm-hmm. they're like they're getting paid to do it. But then they're also sh- like the rest of the the Colossus is seeing the first order save the day from these pirates. Right. Yeah. And making the galaxy safer, which is very similar to what Palpatine did with establishing garrisons full of clones and Jedi and saying like, they're here to liberate you from the separatists because the separatists are evil. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, like, the more you talk about it, the more it's exactly the same thing. Palpatine created the Separatist army in order to create a threat that would allow him to establish a clone army across the galaxy so that when the time came, he could flip the switch and take over. And that's exactly what Snoke is trying to do. There you go. Like, it's he's just literally pulling from Palpatine's playbook. Now, Snoke is no Palpatine, let's be really clear. But, uh... (laughs) But he's trying nonetheless, and he's and he's making some progress. So that's yeah. that's where we're at here, I think, in the story. 
Yeah, I know that's it's it's excellent. Um, that's kind of where I was going with too. Uh, and and Kaz's cover obviously gets blown here when the you know they get the feedback thing going on. Mm-hmm. Say so about you know, a little chase here, a little parkour action. Uh, more so, uh, Kaz kind of like you said earlier, stumbling around, Mike. But oh well, it's part of the next. Uh, yeah. Uh, here, I'll, go ahead. I'll continue. Uh, meanwhile, Kaz finds himself. Is that where we are? Yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. On a ledge. One false step and he could meet his end. Eventually, after navigating some close calls and evading stormtrooper fire, he makes his way back inside the Colossus. So it's kind of it's actually kind of a cool scene. Um, it, it's in, it's enjoyable, but there's not really that much to talk about. It's just it's kind of like a bit of a tame action scene. Um, yeah. Tim think- said on on Twitter he was like, uh, "His first order stormtroopers are about as good as." regular stormtroopers yeah uh in the in this scene uh but uh, that's going to be the way that it goes the more time we spend with first order troops the more they're going to miss our heroes it's just the way that it goes they were um, shooting faster bolts they were shooting uh um not uh not to kill but to uh to uh to stun to stun yeah, yeah. kind of like this huge stun blast so it's a giant circle coming at you they couldn't even hit yeah like, those things but I think another thing, too, is they're kind of showing, you know, we're so used to seeing um, characters that are, uh, you know, Ezra and, you know, uh, Ahsoka and, and all these that are force sensitive. Uh, but here is somebody who is not. I mean, he so far, at least as far as I can have, to, have seen in these four episodes, um, clearly no force ability yet, if he's going to have any. So this is all just kind of his own somewhat low athletic ability trying to do a kind of stuff. So you get a lot of the stumbling and the falling yeah. and, and kind of goofy. And it, it, part of it's goofy just because it's, you know, you're trying to make kids laugh. Uh, but again, they're trying to show how he is just hasn't, <laughs> there's no force in him at this point. Um, as far as, as far as I can see. So are we on the, where are we at my captain? Doza? Yeah, here, uh, captain Doza Sorry. confronts Von Reg. Von Reg wants the spy. Tora says there is no spy. It was a friend visiting with her. Uh, with that, Captain Doza orders the First Order to leave. So Tora covers for Kaz. Yeah. Um, right. they had, and they, like, they had a little cute moment where she's like, I think I know why you're here. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I, her room is really cool. It's full of all sorts of stuff. I and mean, like, we don't need to go into that. You can uh, go to StarWars.com and check out the... the um, the buckets list uh, and and see some of the stuff and um, Jonah Marie over uh, on uh, uh, Geeky Bubble is what their podcast is called now. I uh, she, she's highlighted on Twitter a whole bunch of so Blue Jay guys on Twitter, um, a whole bunch of the the Easter eggs inside uh, Tora's oh. room. Cause it's just full of like, there's a, there's a, um, Sabine, uh, the, what we like the, the star Wars rebels, uh, Phoenix coming out of the, the flame. Um, and, uh, there's an Ewok plushie. There's a, a Tuka cat, a, a puffer pig. There are little action figures of different characters all over the place. Like it, it's pretty cool. So you should check it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jonah Marie did a really good job of like pulling together all of those, all of those things, um, into a into a Twitter thread. So go mm-hmm. go check that out. But um, but Doza, 
I don't know. Like we started the episode kind of thinking, it's not really thinking, but like with them kind of pointing us in the direction of like, oh, Doza is working with the First Order. Doza is tolerating the First Order at the moment, but you can tell that he doesn't like them, um, and that he's got a, that he has a problem with the First Order. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's also kind of funny to see uh, Aunt Z and the rest of the patrons. They're kind of watching out the window as Kaz is kind of fumbling around. They're kind of laughing, and I don't know if they're taking bets, but definitely they were very amused. Uh, and somewhat maybe a little uh, impressed as well as to what Kaz was doing on the outside as they kind of watch from the safety of the bar there. Uh, while Kaz makes it back to his crew in one piece, his mission is now more complicated and he has to get back to work as a mechanic. Doza, however, pulls up a hollow of Kaz. Who are you? He says to himself. So obviously Kaz has gotten the attention of uh, Doza. We'll see how that kind of plays out as the, the rest of the season moves on about Doza and obviously his dealings with the First Order um, and how Kaz is going to get involved in this as well. So uh, the High Tower of Mike, uh, again, this is kind of like a, another one of those table setting type uh, um, episodes where mm-hmm. they're setting a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we get new character, two character relationships, a um, little bit of history there, a new locale. Um, so, for for this small episode, there I guess you could say there's quite a, a little bit going on, even though it was really done in small, obviously small chunks. There they weren't allowed to to go deep into the stuff, but they're still setting the table nonetheless. So I thought it was decent, like you said, Mike. Um, b- but again, we're still kind of both, I think, on the same page. It was just like, okay, man, okay, let's really hit us with something good. I want to see something. Um, kind of kind of turn that table like you said earlier you know it's just like it's not scratching that itch quite yet but we'll see what yeah. happens with with these next episodes any uh any other comments before we no no i think that's it i think we kind of covered the whole episode um we're kind of alluding at some some intrigue and some some tension suspense at right there at the end of the episode but uh because uh, now now kaz is on um doza's radar but yeah. uh I don't know. I'm just excited to kind of keep going forward with the series and get to Poe's return and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, let's let's jump into the into the email uh, into the mailbag here um, and see what everybody else thought of this. Um, uh, Matt Campbell, good old Matt, I uh, responded to our uh, our our post on Facebook, the um, boy sort of our feedback post. And says, uh, at least we finally got to meet the other aces, and hype was in it too. So uh, Matt kind of echoing what I said about like, well, hype was pretty good. Hype phase yeah. on was a pretty pretty good <laughs> highlight to this episode, um, yeah. even though he's not in it that much. And then uh, resistance and rebel transmission on Twitter at rebels underscore tk four two one. I I posted uh, responded to the same message on twitter uh very intriguing character uh oh this was in in reference to uh, uh von reg i asked what people thought of um uh, yeah yeah of uh, major von reg and, and he says very intriguing character kind of the agent callus to phasma's grand inquisitor inquisitor uh, of season one of star wars rebels and i would agree with that i think i think that that's kind of how they're positioning him i think yeah, I don't know. I just feel like like with Rebels, we covered more ground in 
early episodes. I'd have to I'll I'd have to take a look. Let me I'm actually gonna gonna bring up uh, IMDb here and let's look at the first five ish episodes of Star Wars Rebels and see where we were at at that point in the series. Um, so Spark of Rebellion, which was a one, uh, which was a two part two parter, and then Droids in Distress. Uh, uh, the Rebel group intercepts an Imperial weapon shipment and unintentionally take on an android duo. So that's the one with R2 and 3PO in it, and they're on the Star Speeder. Um, the Fighter Flight, classic episode, right? Uh, and then Rise of the Old Masters would be the same point in the episode that we are, or in the series that we are now. The Rebel crew undergoes a rescue mission only to face a powerful foe. So this is Rise of the Old Masters was the introduction of the Inquisitor. Um, yeah, so, so I guess, I mean, like, like, I don't know, fight or flight was a really good episode. That's a really fun episode right at the beginning of the series, but, um, yeah, it wasn't really until this point in the series that it, that it started to pick up. Um, and then with, with, with resistance we've got, so next week we've got, uh, the children from Tehar. Um, here, I'll just read the description right now. Uh, Kaz searches for two missing children for a sizable reward, only to discover the First Order is also hunting for them. And this is uh, Gwendolyn Christie is going to return as Captain Phasma, hopefully with more than one line. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then after that, we've got Signal from Sector 6, which sounds like an interesting episode. Uh, and uh, Sinara's score, the platform, and the platform classic. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I th- maybe we are picking up from here. Um, mm-hmm. And then we don't have episode titles for episodes nine and ten of the season, but uh, something to look forward to. Um, yeah, this is the ones that kind of interest me when we talked about it last week about what's coming yeah. up in November. So yeah, yeah uh, we'll see what they do. I mean, I'm hoping for something pretty interesting when they talk about children anytime they talk about children in the in the star wars universe you're like okay what's going on here yeah and side reports yeah definitely so yeah uh, cool uh well i think that does it for this week's episode uh thank you guys for listening as always you can stay up to date with all the latest star wars animation news by heading to rebel cells Dot com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast and, uh, and also on Twitter and Instagram at rebels podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ArkWolf, uh, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And you can follow Matt on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us both on Instagram at these as well, uh, at the crankster. That's a crankster with a K. Um, you guys know we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network and if you like what you hear you can support us in two ways first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some awesome merchandise and uh, second by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh, chipping in over there with a monthly pledge of your support and that uh, that money all goes to uh, paying for hosting and equipment and stuff like that um and uh, uh, you get some cool rewards in exchange. You get uh, access to the Thunderquack Facebook group uh, over on Facebook, as well as uh, the uh, the exclusive Thunderquack podcast, which Amanda and I put an episode out last week. We'll do another episode this week. Um, and uh, 
and uh, and give you guys some some cool exclusive content over there uh patreon.com slash thunderquack so thank you guys for listening and we will catch you on the next episode uh the children from tehar see you next week mm-hmm.